the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Are you ready for the word? Praising. This is Pastor Pearson of Word of Faith Christian Center here in sunny San Antonio, Texas. A Bible-believing, Bible-teaching church where Jesus Christ is Lord and you'll never be bored. I want to welcome all of you back to our radio broadcast that I pray is being a blessing to you and yours. So sit back and relax as I bring a message from the Word of God just for you. But please, please, please have an ear to hear what the Lord is about to say. Because if you do, I guarantee that you'll be blessed today. So, without further ado, let me bring today's message to you. It's called Recovery and Restoration. The Bible that God gave me and you is full of awesome promises that God has made to me and you. Promises of things that He's willing and wanting to do for me and you. One of those awesome promises that our God is willing and wanting to do is to bring recovery and restoration of all that's been lost and or stolen in the lives of me and you. All we have to do is learn about it. Believe that God's promise of recovery and restoration is true. Cooperate with him by doing what he wants us to do. And our God will do it for me and you. Now that's good news. So without further ado, let me share today's message with you about recovery and restoration. But before I do, I got a question to ask you. Are you ready for the word? Because ready or not, here it comes. Acts chapter 15, please. Verse 36 says, And some days after Paul said unto Barnabas, Let us go again and visit our brethren in every city where we have preached the word of the Lord and see how they do. And Barnabas determined to take with him John, who didn't have the character of Jesus, whose surname was Mark. But Paul thought not good to take him with him, who departed from them at Pamphylia and went not with them to the work. And the contention was so sharp between them that they departed asunder one from another. And so Barnabas took Mark and sailed to Cyprus. And Paul chose Silas. Wait a minute. What, did you just hear that? Paul chose Silas. Because the one that was supposed to be with Paul is now not with Paul because of some unfaithful person that got in the midst of the works. This gets real deep right here. I ain't got... This gets real deep right here. Now, I'm not going to go there personally. I'm not, but some theologians go there and say that's the reason why they ended up in jail. When Paul and Silas went in to be able to preach the gospel into the particular place, something happened that theologians believe would never have happened if Paul and Barnabas would have still been together. Because anytime. Things change from the way God designed it. It opens the door for something else other than what God intended to happen. I said, I ain't going to go there. I'm just telling, I'm just, you know, I want you to be a well-taught church. I want you to know what the theologians believe. Many theologians believe that the reason why that happened in the first place was, was because of the fact that the people that God put together was never together, was not together. 
but a substitute was there instead. But thank God it was a well-taught substitute because they both prayed and did what they were supposed to do, conducted themselves the way God said do, so God was able to come in and be able to right the wrong and make everything work out right. But they still received stripes, but they still was thrown in jail. But they still got beaten, got their new outfits ripped off. The ones they just got out of the layaway got ripped and ripped apart and stuff. You know, all that. Because, see, the wages of sin, come on, somebody up in here. It's going to happen. I know people don't want to believe that. This is not in the New Testament. Yes, yes. The eternal death has been handled. Thank you, Lord Jesus. But there's still some natural ramifications that's going to happen to you. Don't pay your bill on time. It's called a late charge, which is a form of death. Does that make sense? Good to see you, sis. Which is a form of death. Thank you, Lord Jesus. And et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Credit rate and drop, which is a form of death. It's the death of your name. It's going to show up some kind of way. Amen. So, so, so. It says that the contention rose between them. Now, contention has the tendency to rise wherever unfaithfulness is, especially when the other people who, who are there are faithful people. I said, especially when the people that are there are faithful people. Let me do it this way. Is anybody in here faithful ever worked with a person that was unfaithful? Took a lot of Holy Ghost to keep acting right, for you even to keep acting right, right? Because you get to looking at them, thinking. Have to check yourself before you start saying stuff. Your praying in tongues increased. As soon as you see something that ain't like it's supposed to be and you know it ain't ought to be like that. Instead of saying something and agreeing with the devil. Because we don't say nothing and agree with the devil. Because remember, any two gathered together in whatever name, he the one, that's the person that's going to be in the midst of them. So as soon as we agree with the devil, then the devil gets up in the middle of that nonsense. So we stay hooked up with God. That's when we... We stay, we stay in agreement with God. Blessed be the name of the Lord. But remember, both leaders didn't recognize Mark's unfaithfulness. Isn't that interesting? Everybody say, hmm. Both leaders. Now, wait a minute. Both of them full of the Holy Ghost. Both of them were called out by God. And when you're called the leadership by God, God gives you special anointment. To be able to see some things that other folk won't see. Trust the brother on this. We give you a special anointment that's different than the one everybody else got. Why? Because you the head. You got to be able to see everything and be able to see everything and be able to know how to respond to things so that you can protect the work that God puts together. But here, Barnabas ain't protecting the work. So what's up with Barnabas? Why is it that he had a, you know, this thing that he just had to bring John Mark? Turn to Colossians chapter 4. I'm glad you asked. Praise God. Colossians chapter 4. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for your word. We're in Colossians chapter 4. It's going to state something about John Mark that's going to be very interesting. Colossians chapter 4, verse 10. Of course, Paul is, you know, giving shout outs to different people. He said, Aristocart. My fellow prisoner saluteth you. And Marcus, now that's John Mark right there. And Marcus, sister's son to Barnabas. We say nephew. 
Everybody say, oh. Light bulb comes on. Oh. So the reason why he kept fighting for him to be around is because he family. Nepotism, favoritism, cronyism, and any other ism causes schism in the, in the work that God, called, that God calls to do. Anytime a person is where they're supposed to be for a reason other than God said separate me, then that's a potential schism, ism that's going to cause a schism later on down the line. That's a monkey wrench that you're throwing into the midst of the work that can cause a destruction of the work later on down the line. So this is his family. Sometimes a person is promoted before they time. I ain't saying John Mark wasn't supposed to be eventually in the place. But sometimes we can put a person in a place before they get there, before they're supposed to get there. One of the worst things that can ever be done is to promote a person above the place where their character can cause them to remain. One of the worst things to do is promote a person to a place where their character won't allow them to remain. Because sometimes we promote a person above their character. Don't do that. Don't do it, Kimber. Don't ever promote a person above their character. Something because why? Because you have to be someplace. So you never, and you, you don't ever want to be promoted to a place that's above your character. You should have the character to be able to walk up to a person and say, I don't know. I don't, I don't think I should be that high. I was but hey, look where they're about to put me. You, don't, you should have the character to be able to say, are you sure? Because I don't know. I don't, I don't know. Especially if your character ain't there yet. Like, for instance, can I, can I preach? Like, I'm in ministry. My character had to be such to be ready for ministry. Because my character couldn't be the way it was, and I get in ministry. Even though I graduated top of my class in the ministry school, I wasn't ready yet. I had to stay in the oven and cook a little bit longer. I had to stay in the pot and stew a little bit longer. Because there was some toughness in the meat that had to come out of it. Is anybody hearing a brother up in here? Hallelujah. I remember, I remember, I remember, praise God. When um, uh, I I was serving around the ministry, praise God. A lot of people had considered me, you know, one of the most likely to, you know, advance in the ministry. Bishop started sending out people to be able to put churches together. And a lot of people was being sent out. Different people were being sent out before I was being sent out, you know. And long story short, you know people. But what they sending them out and stuff before Pearson? Pearson all anointed, Pearson all powerful. Holy Ghost drop when he sneezes. <laughs> how come he ain't the one that's being sent out? And then somebody had to nerve, if I phrase it that way, to ask Pastor Deborah, which was Bishop's wife. And uh, came up and then said, why, why don't y'all send out Pearson? She bust out laughing. <laughs> now, once again, my character had to be at a certain spot to be able to let people laugh at you. <laughs> Especially while you're near, when, you, when, you, when you're near. <laughs> she bust out laughing. She said, we can't send him out until we know he ready. <laughs> she said, because we got to make sure he ain't going to cut nobody, hit nobody, <laughs> jump on nobody. On. Because we know what God is sending him to. Well. 
And we know he's going to have to deal with a congregation. And there are plenty opportunities for him to revert back to who he was. So we have to be sure that all the street is out of him before we send him out. Because otherwise, they say we'll be sending him to his prison ministry. Praise God. <laughs> and she just laughs. She's like, ah, she's laughing. I'm like, those are some wise people. I thank God for them. Because a lot of us feel like it's time for us to move on and it's time for us to be able to get the next thing. Wait till he says, separate me. Wait till God says, separate me. Because God know when you're ready. I wasn't ready. And I proved it not long after that. Because I was refereeing a basketball game at FCA, Faith Christian Academy, Christian school. And this guy came in drunk, loud, and obnoxious while I was refereeing the game. And then he went too far, dropped too many bombs up in the middle of there. And even though this was a gymnasium, it was attached to the, to the church. And I ain't going to let nobody defile my father's house. And so I threw my man. I got the right. I'm a referee. I threw him out the gym. I said, man, you got to go. And the guy said, I ain't going nowhere. Amen. Let's just say I got called into the office. Because I accidentally bloodied a guy's nose. Accidentally. His nose just happened to hit my forehead. When he said to me, so you and who else is going to put me out of here? Bam. And then when he held his nose, I said, would you like to leave? Call me in office. I said, you can't be headbutting congregants when they don't do what you say. They had wisdom. Now, I don't headbutt nobody. Don't. <laughs> I, don't put my, I don't put my hands on nobody unless I'm praying in the Holy Ghost. Does anybody hear me up in here? So anyway, my man's character wasn't, he, he wasn't ready yet. So he had to cook a little bit longer. But notice it says he went away with Barnabas. The name Barnabas means consoler. That just like Paul was sent out with Barnabas, Barnabas was the lead. Paul was the one that was being developed. Just like he sent him out with him. Why? Because he was a little um, needed development too. And so because of that, they sent him out with a consoler to develop him and help him to become the person that he was supposed to be. Now John Mark, even though he ain't on the scene no more, we don't have a scripture on on what happened. I just happen to know because of the, 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 the people that's involved that Barnabas, being a consoler, probably took him and began to start schooling him. Because he said, Unc, why ain't we going, man? 
I thought God sent you and Paul out. He said, well, man, that's over right now. Because he didn't want you to go. I might be didn't tell him he didn't want him to go. But began to start developing him with what he knew he didn't have. And began to start teaching him faithfulness. And began to start showing him how to live faithful and be faithful and do what it is he was supposed to do. Until eventually he was developed enough that later on down the line his name became different. Before his name was attached to unfaithfulness. His name was attached to undependable, unreliable. You can't trust him. You don't want to have nothing to do with him. Look how it changed. Turn to 2 Timothy chapter 4. I like to believe that Barnabas began to start teaching him the character of God. Teaching him how when you, when you, if you're going to be used, young man, you got to be faithful. And we're going to start teaching him the principles necessary to help him get past himself so he could do what he's supposed to do. 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 11. We'll see where Paul later on called John Mark profitable. Now, trust me, he wasn't calling him profitable a little while ago. 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 11. Is that what I want? No, I'm in, okay, 2 Timothy. I was in the wrong spot. I apologize. 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 11. He says, only Luke is with me. Then he says, take Mark, that's John Mark, and bring him with thee, for he is profitable to me in the ministry. Now, the same person that was no profit to him whatsoever, no benefit to him one, no whatsoever, previously, now he calls him profitable. I like this. That word profitable means easily used, that is useful. Easily used. I don't know, some people are hard to work with. Some people are not easy to use. You want to use them, but they, and part of the reason why is because they're unfaithfulness, they're childishness. They're not, they're not there yet. But now this person is easily used. I like this. It also translates meat for use. Meat for use. See, that's what we all supposed to want to be. Meat for use. At least that's what the Bible says in 2 Timothy chapter 2. Go there, please. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 19, it says, Nevertheless, the foundation of God standeth sure. Having this seal, the Lord knoweth them that are his. And let everyone that nameth the name of Christ depart from iniquity. Why is that? But in a great house, there are, there are not only vessels of gold and of silver, but also of wood and of earth. And some to honor, some to dishonor. But if a man therefore purge himself of these, he shall be a vessel unto honor, sanctified and meet for the master's use. And prepared unto every good work. Separate yourself of these. Well included of these is go back to verse 19. Let everyone that nameth the name of Christ depart from iniquity. See for that to happen. For us to become vessels of honor. We have to be. Because many of us. Let me do it this way. We all start off as vessels of dishonor. But God wants to make you vessels of honor. For that to happen. We have to depart from iniquity. This is deep. That word depart means to remove, which means we need to remove iniquity from us, remove it from us. Reflexively, it means to desist or desert, to desist or desert, which means if we're going to be vessels of honor when we, when we, when we used to be vessels of dishonor, we have to desist from some things. Desist. What things? The things that gave us a bad name and a bad reputation before. That's what we got to desist from. Because if we're going to be vessels of honor, 
when we were once considered vessels of dishonor, we have to desert some things. We have to stop deserting our duties and responsibilities and our fellow workers and start deserting the stuff that's given us a bad name. If we're going to desert something, we need to desert what was causing us to desert before. If you're going to desert something, desert deserting. How about that? And what is that? Those are the iniquities that we were told to depart from. Now, that word iniquity morally means wrongfulness of character, life and acts. Wrongfulness of character, life or acts. Another way of phrasing it, desert everything, desist from everything, depart from everything that demonstrates a wrong character. That demonstrates wrong acts. Acts that are opposite of what God is about. That's the wrong acts. As you begin to start grabbing hold to the character of God and begin to start doing more about what God wants you to do the way God wants you to do, you'll get a new reputation and you'll be being turned to a vessel of honor while it's happening to you. You'll be getting turned into a vessel of honor. That's why Paul later called John, John Mark his fellow laborer. Turn to Philemon chapter 1, please. Actually, there's only one chapter in Philemon. Praise God. Turn to Philemon. Hallelujah. We're blessed people. Anybody here love the Lord? Philemon, right before Hebrews. Little B, little book. Philemon. If you got regular print, it's probably only one page. If you got big print, it's probably a page and a half. Praise God. Philemon, chapter 1. Verse 24. Once again, he giving out shout outs. Paul's giving shout outs to the people. Verse 23, he said, these salute, say these, there salute thee, Ephaphras. <laughs> he couldn't have grew up in my neighborhood with a name like that, Ephaphras. We'd have wore him out with that name. Anyway, my fellow prisoner in, the, in, the, in, the, in Christ Jesus. And then he hollers out, Marcus. Aristocus, Demas, Lucas, look what he called them, my fellow laborers, my fellow laborers. He not calling him a fellow laborer. The word fellow laborer means co-laborers, or I like this one, companion in labor. He calls him a co-laborer or a companion in labor. Now, this is the same guy that he said, I don't want to have nothing to do with. And now he's calling him a co-laborer. Why? Because something happened that transformed him and gave him a good name and gave him a good character. What happened? Go back to Colossians chapter 4. We're almost through. Colossians chapter 4. Here's another indication of what happened and what God and what Paul has to say about him. Colossians chapter 4. Begin reading in verse 10. It says, Aristocus, there you go again. My fellow prisoners salute you. And Marcus... Sister's son of Barnabas, touching whom ye received commandments, if he come unto you, receive him. Notice, touching whom ye received, touching whom ye received commandments. Now, he received the commandments of God. He received the prescription of, that's what the commandment means, entole prescriptions of God, injunctions of God. Remember, prescription makes you better. And the word of God, if you receive the word of God and receive the commandments of God, it'll make you better. Prescription, the word interlay also means injunctions, which means an injunction tells you to stop doing something you were doing and start doing something you were not doing. 
So because he's received the word, he started doing things that he was not doing. And he stopped doing the things he was doing before. And as a result of receiving the commandments, if he come to you, receive him. I like that. Whereas once before, before he was a person that was not recommended to do anything in the kingdom of God. Not by Paul. But now Paul is recommending him to people. Receive him. Receive him. They're recommending him to people. They're letting people know he okay with me. Receive him. Now he got a recommendation from Paul who was considered one of the chiefest of the apostles at the time. Well, that's all that we have time for today. I hope that you were blessed by what the word of God had to say. I hope that you're seeing what God's scripture has to say about the awesome promise of recovering the restoration that our loving God wants to do for me and you. I hope even more that you're seeing that is true. God really does want to bring recovery and restoration into the lives of me and you, of everything that's been lost and stolen in the lives of me and you. That's why I'm showing you scripture after scripture after scripture that tells us clearly that is something that God wants to do. So let's let God do what he says to us in his scriptures that he wants to do. That is, bring recovery and restoration into the lives of me and you. If you want to hear the message in its entirety, just contact the church office at area code 210 That's area code 210 Or write us at Word of Faith Christian Center, 1928 Bassey Road in San Antonio, Texas, 78213. We'll be more than glad to get it out to you ASAP. But it's always best when you can get it live. If you're in or visiting San Antonio or surrounding areas, come on by and see us. We're located at 1928 Bassey Road in San Antonio, Texas, between West and Blanco. Service times are Wednesdays at noon, Thursday evenings at 645, Saturday afternoons at 430, and Sunday mornings at 8 and 11. If you don't have transportation or you're in need of a ride, we'll come and get you. We have a VIP transportation service that's available for every service. We'll pick you up, bring you to the church, and then drop you off at home after it's over. Just call the church office and arrange a ride. We'll be glad to come and get you. So come on through. You'll be blessed when you do, and we will too. Don't forget to tune in to our broadcast tomorrow for more of this life-changing word we have in store for you. Call a neighbor, call a friend, tell them to tune in. But when you do, know that we're going to ask the same question of you. That is, are you ready for the word? Y'all stay blessed. See you tomorrow.